It's the Tiltcast, episode 504, Jason Postcode. And and this week, guys, we talk Marvel's Spider-Man, Rogue Legacy 2, King Arthur, Knight's Tale, and Weird West. Stay tuned. 404. I, 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 Jason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the Tiltcast, and we're back. Oh, boy. It is 9.07 p.m. on a random day that would be May the 4th. May the 1st. May 1st, dude. May May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. On Wednesday. No, it's Sunday. We're recording (laughs) the day after. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And with, it's an M-rated show, and with the three of us, you'll get it some amount of time's worth of bullshit. 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 Some games, some news. Um... Yeah, we're recording a day later because there's a lot going on this weekend. Yeah. Mostly for me and Jason. I'm sorry, Rusty. Yeah, fuck you. I mean... Hi, guys. How's it going? We were doing our game on Friday night. We were going to record either Thursday night or Sunday night. I'm glad we recorded tonight. And Jason, can you figure out what this is? Jesus, that was loud. Holy fuck, it spiked. Oh my god! Oh, uh, to... you got your metal dice. Have Can to... I don't know if you can see them or not, but yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's uh, let's let's take a look here. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just drop do the just drop one die on the table. One die. I'm gonna take a take a d20. D20. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know, man. It's a d20 on the die from about uh, eight inches. It's behind the microphone, even. It's fucking loud. It, I mean, that was from an inch. That th- this D twenty literally could be used as a weapon in you know in self defense. It is that fucking heavy. I told Rusty earlier it's like a fifty caliber musket ball. It, it kind of is. Like these are these are improvised weapons. They're not dice. Those are <laughs> those are crazy, dude. Which means I really need to get that table done because it's going to destroy the other table, yeah, dude. We, I I just test rolled some of these uh, some of his new dice uh, on the podcast table. Now, mind you, the podcast table isn't a fucking card table or anything. We used to use a card table, but this this table's been around for a minute. It was leaving dents in the fucking you know table, dude. It was like that is those are some chunky ass dice. <laughs> like heaviest dice I've seen. I don't need my dice to be that heavy. I mean the the heaviest ones what what are those made of? Are they I, pewter? No, they're not pewter, otherwise they'd be denting. Right. I think they're steel. Steel? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That not it's not aluminum. Oh, uh, I don't know, dude. You have to find out what the fuck that is, because I don't know if that's steel, because it, it seems like it would be heavier if it was. But then again, I could be wrong. I don't know. I know the only thing that's going to fucking deform on that motherfucker is the surface that you're rolling it on. The dice are going to be just fine. <laughs> that is nutty, dude. I, I've seen some, some, you know, some high-quality, like, uh, you know, dice, the, the pewter dice that I saw were like old style pewter. Um, and they were not meant for like gaming. They were meant for, you know, show. Um, but those were the previous heaviest dice that I've seen. These are, 
These are something different. I'm trying to find the listing for them. That is, that's pretty nutty, dude. Um, they look you great. Could just look at your Amazon orders, man. I know it just says metal. <laughs> metal. <laughs> They're definitely fucking metal. That okay, so it's uh, zinc alloy. Zinc alloy. That makes perfect sense. The fuck zinc alloy is it? Zinc alloy. Okay. I mean, whatever. Two, two sets was about a pound. It's, yeah. Actually, it's uh, 17.6 ounces for two sets. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, still, that is, that's nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think the, the, when I bought specialized dice, it was back when we were doing White Wolf Gaming, and I bought those uh, smoky dice with the red letters, or red numbers on them, uh, for my blood dice. Uh, you know, I still have those. I still have, like, all of my fucking dice in a dice bag in my, you know, uh, in my uh, in my desk. I, f- I found them just the other day, actually. I was like, oh, fuck, that's where they're at. Uh, and then I've got, I've got D and D dice from fucking the late nineties in my fucking, uh, uh, you know, in one of my, uh, my chests that I never open. Um, it's just, I have dice from all the fucking games that I played. I n- end up buying new dice for everything because, you know, cursed dice are a thing. Uh, every time I roll a fucking natural one and shoot my fucking foot off in a fucking game, that dice goes flying. So I've got, I've got a bunch of mixed sets because of that. <laughs> fucking cursed dice. I remember when we used to bounce fucking D10s off of the wall because they fucking tried to kill us? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to see if it was... No, these are heavier. Oh, I was yeah. looking at the at different ones. So these are 9.1 ounces per set. So this Damn. is 18.2 ounces, so a little over a pound. You need to protect your fucking table from those dice. because that? Oh, It's that right there, yeah. Uh, because those dice will fucking destroy your table after, you know, you know, uh, just a few gaming sessions. Yeah, I'm going to roll them on felt. Well, yeah, uh, you're going to need to. Yeah, that or you need a dice box to roll them in. I mean, when he handed me the fucking 10, I kind of figured it was what it was, but uh, it was way heavier. It was about three times heavier than I expected it to be. Uh, the fucking 10s are actually pretty cool. Yeah, they come packaged like this. Oh, nice. So they, they're... But I didn't want to have two boxes of dice. Right. And they're pretty hard to pull out of that foam. Well, I mean, they're... <coughs> <coughs> They're a package like weaponry. That's what it, what it is. But yeah, man, he's uh he's high rolling now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how they do. I uh, now we had our game session the other night, and we had um, decided to make homemade Arby's. I so, saw that. I saw the picture of it. So what I did is I got roast beef from the butcher's shop. Butcher's shop. It's about eleven dollars a pound, and I got two pounds of it. Damn. Um, and it's. Had them slice it kind of thick. They saw that. Yeah, it was really thick. But, I mean. Matt got some, like, melty cheddar to put on it. And then I got some bacon. What I did is I threw it in the smoker for about an hour. 
and threw bacon on the top rack and then let the bacon drip on the meat. And then I took a little bit of garlic butter and drizzled it over the beef. And then the bacon was actually, uh, the meat was going to start to dry out because this was pre-cooked, right? So I decided to pull the meat out because I didn't want it to get dried out. And then I just finished the bacon on a pan real quick. And we had like smoky Arby's sandwiches, basically, with some like barbecue sauce. And I don't know, it was pretty good. I think I, think I did all right. Everybody, we ate all two pounds fairly quickly. That's pretty that, that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, when you when you sent the uh, picture and you put it up on your uh, on your Facebook, um, I saw a bun and then I was going to say something about the bun. I was like, "What kind of bun is that, you asshole?" It's a brioche brioche bun or brish brish whatever brioche. <laughs> My fucking head wants to explode, dude. It's crazy. Rusty's over here suppressing <laughs> sneezes. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but no, we did that. We had our gaming session. I got really distracted and ordered those dice on Friday, and I got them this morning. It's actually what woke me up because I was so fucking tired from the night before. But yeah, me and uh, Musum from picking up the pixels, aka John. Yep. Um, went to go see Megadeth last night, primarily with Lamb of God and In Flames. Um, that's been on my bucket list for a while because I had that was the first show I ever saw was them. As a wee child. We wee little lad. Yeah. I had said I remembered seeing Holy Wars, and then a buddy of mine corrected me and said, you know, they didn't come out until 1990, so maybe I saw them in 90. But um, anyways, all I remember is I was very, very young. And so I saw them the very most 32 years ago before last night. Pretty nuts, dude, that the so, fact that they're still going, you know? Yeah, and I was... Me and John got pig tickets, and we went with his drummer from his band, Axis. Um, I saw some old friends there that I've known forever as well, so we all kind of like huddled in a little group. And wasn't there as much for Lamb of God, though they put on a really good show. I think my metal elitist-ism was getting in the way because they put on a pretty good show. There's a lot of fire. A lot of, I mean, the fire wasn't the best thing, but their their fire was, there was more fire there than there was for Slipknot. And then Megadeth came on, and... I elbowed my way all the way up to the front, um, about four people deep, and snagged John and pulled him up there with me in front of the pit. It wasn't really much of a pit for Megadeth. I mean, they're compared to everything else that was playing that light. They're that night they were relatively tame. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the second best show I've seen ever. Music wise, okay. Obviously, I'd hope it. 60-odd years old, he can play. He can definitely play. They played a very long set. Um, Sweet. Hour 20, maybe. Maybe 80, 90 minutes. A very long set. Yeah. Um, a lot of oldies, a lot of new songs. Oh, oldies. Yeah, well, I mean, they are old. And old. The, f- the fact that you have to say that they're oldies. It's Megadeth, and you're like, yeah, that's oldies. Well, they did play Holy War, so that was... 32 years old. I played Peace Cells. That's uh, 34 years old. I'm just going to go rot over here now. Thanks, dude. That is just... <laughs> but he didn't sound any different, which was crazy. Um, voice-wise, he didn't sound any different 
Playing-wise, they played incredibly tight. They had a small technical difficulty um, during P-Cells, and then Kiko, their newer guitarist, like, swapped his guitar out in, like, half a measure. The guitar tech nearly threw him a guitar. He gave the guy his guitar with one hand and was picking it up with the other hand. Wow. So it was, like, three strums is about what he needed to switch out and get back on track, which was pretty crazy. He broke a string, so, like... Just whomp, whomp, and I'm just like, damn, that was fast. That guitar tech was on the fucking ball. Damn. Um, I mean, they weren't. They didn't have fire, but if you know anything about them, they have a mascot named Vic, which is the skull of the sunglasses. Um, and they had these dudes that were dressed like him going out and doing like weird robot shit. Okay. Uh, while they were playing, it was pretty fucking cool. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, they were really tight. Dave didn't say anything stupid, so that was great. Um, seemed really uh, thankful to have. It was a pretty packed out show. Like me and John, when we first got there, it was about half full. It's like, man, I hope they. I feel like they will pack it out. And then we got. Once we got to Lamb of God, it really started to fill in. And then by the time Megadeth was like, I couldn't. There might have been a ha- handful of empty seats in the whole place. Like it was nearly sold out. Yeah, it was a pretty big show. Like you know, if you're looking on people that we know locally. There was a lot of people that went here. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for was, most people, like, a lot of people grew up with that in our age bracket. Yeah. It was fairly well advertised around, you know, around town, too. I saw a couple billboards. And I don't typically like arena shows, but I think if I go to another arena show, I'm going to get that close again because it did sound very good right up there. Like, extremely good. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I think that my ears would just burst. It wasn't nearly as loud as the... Show I went to the week before. The there was, I mean, there was a couple of shows that I, I mean, I haven't gone to a whole lot of shows, but I mean, I, I couldn't imagine show, being any closer. The loudest shows I've ever been to have been at Kane's Ballroom, like bar none, like twice as loud as that place, and it's a, a place that only fits one nineteenth the amount of people. You can hear the yeah. s- songs out across the street and in the neighborhood behind them. Like they're really fucking loud at Kane's. Okay. Um, I saw that show at the Bottleneck up in Lawrence. That was really fucking loud. Like, basically had to plug my ears like, a couple times. It was that loud. Damn. They must do something with... I don't know. It's it's at a comfortable listening level with my ears. Like, it's loud, but it wasn't hurting my ears. Okay. I don't know how that works, but it's just um, not as loud. That's that's how it works. You're, you're in a stadium, dude. It is pretty fucking crazy, you know, how... Sound spreads out in a fucking stadium um, versus a fucking, you know, cigar tube or a fucking, you know. Well, uh, all I'm saying is like the <laughs> tuna can. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is the uh, amount of loudness there mm-hmm. doesn't compare to the two shows that I went to before. Okay. Huh? Like we went, me and Vanessa went to Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. That was a really fucking loud show. Like it was so. It's like a really loud and heavy stoner style of Black Sabbath, is what I'd call it. Okay. And the bass, whatever timbre they had it set to, whatever frequency they had it set to, mm-hmm. besides the natural frequency of it, like almost set my heart off beat. Like it was that, you could feel it all the way in your asshole. Like it was that... <laughs> I could just, just, just like reverberated my whole torso. Damn. Like 
You never like just like flick jello. Like it was mm. just like that, just for an hour and a half. If you were shirtless, you'd see ripples. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> I felt like my cheeks were rippling. Okay. <laughs> it was really loud. All right. All right. Damn. <laughs> I had to poop afterwards. <laughs> it rock it rock you right to your core. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, that's why we didn't record last night. I posted a picture on our official telecast. Damn, I'm not posting till tomorrow because Because no. because show, yeah. This is motherfucker. So th- this is that that was what the you know, the, was that the last big show that you've got, you know, for, for right little, now? For right now, yeah. I, I don't have any more. I have one trip that's not show-related here in a week, and then after that, I don't have anything planned until my birthday. And then I've got Bauhaus, um, High Lung, and the Sugar Lift. And I think that's all I'm going to do unless something comes local that I really want to see. Right. Sounds like she's like she's she's over there chewing on the fucking wall is what it sounds like. Jesus Christ, she's she's right up against your little uh, accent light is what it is. Uh, Lola uh, the fucking wonder dog over there is just fucking crazy going nuts on her chew toy because she's super happy. Uh, she is always happy to see my ass. Um, <clears throat> what'd you fuckers do? Oh fuck, not anything near as fucking fun as that. I'll tell you that. Jason, what the fuck did you do? Well, shit, since last time we recorded, I've uh, got a new monitor. That's right. awesome. Yeah? What the fuck size is it, man? How big is it? 24 inches. It's not too big. Yeah, that's cute. I mean, no, that's, that's a decent <laughs> size for as close as you're sitting, though. True, true. What's the resolution on it? Oh, it's still just a 1080 monitor, but it's 144 hertz. Yeah, that makes a difference, though. It's amazing how much of a difference that makes. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if I want to get it. The refresh rate makes even 1080p look that much better. Yeah, I've been starting to wonder if I want to get myself a uh, high refresh rate TV. For gaming in the living room, dude, you—they're all the fuck over the place now. You can get the uh, uh, the what the fuck anything is anything is like it's, 120 hertz would be great. Well, you I don't know how many I don't, I don't know how many 4K uh, games that can run at 120 hertz, but I don't think you even really need 4K. Honestly, I don't think you need 4K. But I mean, if you're gonna I'm get a really TV, it's it. probably gonna be a 4K TV. The uh, the the funny fucking thing I, that I I find about uh, monitors these days is a lot the most common monitors are 1080p just like what Jason has 1080p high refresh rate monitors uh, because you know you probably are not going to be running it at uh, at 4k uh, especially no you know not with you know video card shortages and shit you can only really reliably run 4k on like the highest of high end fucking video cards right now. Uh, with any type of, you know, decent frame rate. And I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, I I prefer frame rate over, you know, visual clarity any fucking day. You know, as far as, as long as I can see what the fuck's going on on the screen, I want that fucker to be smooth as butter. You know, that's what's going to trigger me more is if I uh, can detect a uh, a dropped frame or multiple dropped frames. Those That sucks. So, I mean, perfectly fine. I mean, considering 
you're fairly close. You game in a closet. <laughs> so, uh, basically, <laughs> um, you know, your, uh, your, your computer desk is, you know, you're pretty close to your monitor. That's going to be a pretty good size. Like, you know, you were saying earlier that it's a curved monitor. Yeah. How, how do you, uh, how do you feel about curved monitors nowadays? It curves on both sides, right? It's not like I the left or right. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I'm not sure yet because, uh, uh, you know, I've only been with it for a couple of hours. So, oh, oh okay. So it's 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 actually really fucking new at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I get it. But the, uh, uh, I mean, compared to my. 17 and a half inch uh, portable monitor. It's a big game changer. Oh, well, yeah, you've you've got fucking 10 diagonal inches on that motherfucker. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then the, uh, but the curve, I'm not, I don't know. I, I do know I notice it more at the bottom than at the top. Okay. But, um, I've not really, uh, you know, I can't say good or bad yet. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been running a ultra-wide curve monitor for fucking years now, and I can't, I can't really tell that it's curved anymore. Uh, when I'm sitting there gaming, there's no way for me to tell whether or not it's curved. Uh, I just, it, it just, it fills my field of view. And that is, that's what I want, you know, wanted from the gaming monitor in, in the first place. Uh, so, you know, I think after, you know, after an initial period of time, I mean, I, I remember it being kind of weird when I first got my monitor. Uh, but after an initial fe- period of time, you're going to be able to, uh, like, you, you're, you're not going to notice the curved part of it. Like, it's, it's going to look flat to you. Especially if you're focused on that and you only have like a secondary monitor for, you know, for doing other shit. Pretty much. So, and that's pretty much what the, what the portable monitors now regulated to. Yeah. It's going to have your fucking discord or it's going to have your fucking, you know, other shit popped up on, you know, on there, your game guides, your cheat codes, all your shit's going to be on the secondary monitor so that you can focus on game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, it it really is amazing how much you know. Granted, the only things I've ever had uh, uh, refresh wise that were capable of more than sixty hertz were uh, were smaller screens like my phone or my Surface or right. um, or super super large screens like um my television out in the bedroom will do or out in the living room sorry will do uh um will do 75 hertz that that's the most i've ever gotten so so you haven't uh, ever actually seen anything you know really above you know really reliably above 60 yeah so basically so now oh, it it's amazing how much the refresh rate changes things. Oh, it, yeah. 
the amount of mouse ghosting that I don't see. Oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be a big difference there. What you should do, what you should do is you know uh, is uh, open up your uh, uh, your Xbox Game Pass, download Doom Eternal, and play that on one forty four. Oh, I already have Doom Eternal installed. You should play that motherfucker on the high refresh rate because you will notice a big difference. You will notice the change. I'm probably going to wait until Black Friday. Jason links me a bunch of like $1,500 to $2,000 TVs for gaming. Yeah. Yeah, but... So, here's the thing about the list I sent you, Justin. That's this year's list. I was trying to get PC gamers lists from 2020 and 2021 basically most of the uh most of the lg oleds and lg uh uh uhd tvs are 120 hertz 4k yeah just just remember OLEDs just look burn for just look for the older models and you'll find cheaper prices. OLEDs burn in though, so you got to be careful with them. Yeah, I'm a I'm gonna wait on that. It's still so not OLED enough. burn in's not near as bad as it used to be, but it's still there. Like OLEDs will still yeah. burn in if you if you play a game that has you know uh, uh, static screen elements and stuff and shit like that. And you play it a long time. Yeah, the um, they'll have the LGs specifically have a uh, a pixel shift, um, a pixel refresh. Yeah, they ha- they have a pixel refresh or a pixel shift where it moves you know moves things ever so slightly, uh, and you can't really you, it it prevents things from burning in in the short term. <clears throat> I play a lot of strategy games with static bars. Right, and I mean, for me, if it was if I was playing an RPG, you know, it's gonna have it's gonna have like a health bar that's not gonna move, right? That's that's gonna be a a static screen element that's gonna be there for hours and hours and hours. So I look for you know when I'm looking for you know a gaming uh, a, a gaming display, I'm looking for something that's not gonna burn in. So OLED's not gonna be for me for you know for a period of time. Until they can, you know, figure out how to not get that shit to burn in. Great fucking color and great contrast. Great. That's not, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But there's, there's some, there's some tech upgrades that need to happen with, you know, with that before I would really consider it for, you know, primary gaming. Just for me. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't like burn in. Used to used to try to sell TVs back in the day, and that was you know plasma was the thing. Well, that that was that was an even bigger thing for plasma. Oh my god, plasma! You could fucking burn in in just minutes. It's it was nuts, dude. We had a plasma was stupid when it came to that. We had a fucking TV uh, at the place that I was you know I was working that uh, that. Had, oh, it was the uh, it was one of the digital re-releases for uh, for Star Wars, uh, and 
we had that on the menu screen for I think it was a half an hour. We we had not set up the autoplay for it because it used to just play the fucking movie over and over and over again. Um, it was on the fucking menu screen for a half an hour and it burnt the menu screen right into the fucking screen. Ten thousand dollar television broken. It was it was terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, plasmas are are a big reason why. Uh, uh, manufacturers started building in um, demo modes right into the TV software. Yep. So that, it, I mean, or uh, it would do a automatic screen dimming or it would uh, go into some kind of screensaver or some bullshit where it wouldn't have, if there was no change in the, you know, in the image, it would still, it would change the image before it would burn in. Um, but yeah, it was a $10,000 television back in the fucking, you know, early fucking plasma days that was, you know, burnt in by 30 seconds of a fucking movie menu. It was nuts. Oh, oh my God. So live update. Uh, he- Halo aiming no longer slow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's fucking like. Got a new monitor. I'm going to fucking game on it. Yeah. I'm going to fucking test it. I'm testing it, bitches, live. But, I mean, this isn't... So, I didn't get a, uh, you know, still budget conscious. Uh, we didn't do anything uh, uh, super expensive. We found a uh, uh, one of the more entry-level, like, $200-ish samsung monitors yeah um and you know that's it's just a huge step up could have gone uh um words dude the look on your face or he's just froze up reboot Jason rebooted. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this way. That was like uh, a postcode, dude. <laughs> I gotta say, it was paying paying like two hundred two hundred thirty dollars for for a twenty four inch monitor, kind of make. Makes me gag a little bit. <laughs> it's like somebody hit the fucking disc player and he skipped the track. <laughs> and he like just kept key. going. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> and I was shopping for monitors. <laughs> Dude. Um, well. <laughs> we're over here so, skipping yeah. Jason's. <laughs> um, also since then... Um, we got uh, th- thank you, Uncle Rusty. Again, we got we got PS4 for Titan. I see that. Yeah, uh, I was I was a uh, PS4 Lite when I uh, uh, when uh, after, um, after after the cleaning session. Yeah, Crystal cleaned your house. Yep, she comes over. Yeah. She cleans because I don't like it, uh, and it's a, an excuse for me to like hang out with his wife. 
it's totally sanctioned. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, so she comes over, and and because I picked up my PS5, I didn't have a real use for the PS4, so that went home with her <laughs> for uh, uh, for uh, for the kid. Uh, yeah. And how's he liking that now? Oh, he loves it. You did Especially do a... Especially uh, since the entire reason she wanted it was to get him the PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man game. Oh, yeah? A few, a few Lego games that she knew she could get on cheap, right? So she got it. Well, guess who gets to play Spider-Man a lot because, well... Titan gets frustrated with some of the puzzles. Right. Daddy. It's not a bad not a bad deal. I really like that game. I like that game a lot. Yeah, well, I mean it We'll go into that in a bit. Yeah. Um Yeah, we can go into it right now. I mean, go for it. Yeah. So I really like the fact that they kept the uh kept the swing mechanics uh more intuitive it's almost like it's almost like driving a car and you know in a racing game you're just holding down a single button but you can of course it being spider-man you can do other things while you're swinging but i just really love the fact that they didn't try to overcomplicate it like some of the uh uh early uh, uh, Spider-Man titles around the time of the movies. I remember one specifically. It might have been it might have been Spider-Man the movie game for two for Tobey Maguire's second movie. Okay. The swing mechanic was literally right trigger, left trigger, right trigger, left trigger. Oh, and you had You had to go uh, opposite triggers to swing. Um, Fucking Tarzan stuff, style. Stuff like that. Yeah. The uh, the combat reminded me a lot of uh, of Arkham City. Oh, the uh, as as far as the way like combos work. Okay. Shit like that. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um. But and so far, like a few hours in, I like the, I like the story they crafted. Like they didn't try to, they didn't try to copy anything exactly. You know, they wrote their own thing. Okay, which I think is good. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I know it was really uh, highly popular. I can't say that I've actually played any of these, you know, Spider-Man games. Not even the, you know, not even the shit uh, web mechanics of the previous ones. I don't think I've played a uh, uh, one of, any one of the Spider-Man games. I'm, I'm thinking. Fun. Yeah, I'm and thinking. And all the jokes are there. Mm, of course. Uh, hey, we were we were talking about um, how good Guardians of the Galaxy was. Uh huh. For how well they pulled off the characters, right? This is close. Not quite. To the level of Guardian Scott. But very close. Huh. Okay. Well, so I it's mean. It's worth a play. I, I mean, I've 
got a PS5, I might as well fuck around with it, right? So, um, I wonder, because I, I wonder because there's uh, you know, there's news coming down the pipe uh, of the uh, uh, the new PlayStation Plus uh, subscription service that allows you to have like a Game Pass style access to certain games. I wonder how you know if you know they don't have a game list yet, <clears throat> uh, as far as I know. Uh, but I wonder if it might be you know something that I can pick up and play some of those uh, those PlayStation exclusive t- titles because I really haven't had uh, very many options to you know you know pick up and play PlayStation games. Uh, there's a lot of exclusives that I've missed, uh, so it might be worth subscribing to that to see if, uh, you know, see what I've missed. So, uh, and I think they're going to go back in time and do some PlayStation exclusives that were, um, from previous generations. Um, I don't know if they're going to emulate them or what the, you know, what the fucking deal is. You know, it's, it's still like, you know, rumors at this point, but, uh, Man, there's there's a lot of PlayStation games that I I haven't even I haven't even touched. Like there's a like I think I played maybe one God of War prior to the uh, to the uh, to the remake. Um, and I haven't played any of the uh, like the uh, the like was it the Uncharted um, uh, or what was the other game that you uh, that that you got real big into that was PlayStation exclusive. Was it Uncharted? I don't. Jason. Do what? Sorry. The, the, the games that, uh, that were, uh, Oh yeah. No Uncharted last of us, last of us two. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Those, <clears throat> The Naughty Dog games, man. The Naughty Dog games. You can't go wrong. Right. This is uh, uh, Nathan Drake, I think is, uh, is... Yeah. Names. I am terrible with fucking names. If you haven't figured this out from listening to the fucking show, I am super fucking horrible with names. Unless it's like something that I saw or I'm reading at the moment. I don't remember fucking names for shit. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, the... Uh, uh, I, 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 there's none of those fucking games I've, you know, I've played. So, um, yeah, I don't know, give it, uh, give it a go. See what, uh, I want to see what, the, uh, what the, the cost is. I think they put a, a, a price list out for what it's going to cost, but I haven't looked it over yet. Uh, I don't subscribe to PlayStation plus because I mean, I just got my PS five and I don't know anybody on there. So multiplayer is kind of like me. Eh. Outside of like Justin, there's like the only person I know that's got a PlayStation. You know that I I'm on there. Play. I'm on there like occasionally, right? Oh, right. So currently, just to answer you, uh, Rusty, uh huh. Um, the game's currently available um, on the extra tier. That's the middle one. Uh, Death Stranding. Uh, got PC. God of War, Spider Man. Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the second one, the follow-up. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and Returnal. Okay. And then that 
premium tier, that third tier, um, ads currently doesn't have a set list, but everything according to, uh, according to Polygon is pointing to a bunch of remastered PS1, PS1 and PSP games. Oh, they could get started with Ogre Battle Tactics. Yeah. Or Tactics Ogre. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Well, I want to see what the uh, what the final list is before I actually, uh, you know, subscribe to it. Because half of the games that you uh, you had said in the first, you know, in that first list, I ha- I had actually played or have access to. So, you know, yeah. not you know, that's and, not a big sell for me. Yeah, and then uh, um, I guess there is a bonus catalog. PS Plus collection, yeah that that include that includes like Bloodborne and God of War, Final Fantasy fifteen, um, uh, Last Guardian, Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted four. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. So, so as soon as but this... nothing is finalized yet, except for that essential list. Yeah, as soon as they give me a fucking, you know, uh, a full list, it'll be, you know, worth seeing how much I want to spend on, you know, on the PS Plus. I mean, at least it would be worth it for me to at least get caught up on some games that I've missed uh, and give me a little bit more variety because, I mean, we're coming up on dry months right now. So, <laughs> um, so I need to be able to fill, uh, fill in a little bit of time with... Uh, with something other than Final Fantasy XIV, you know? Yep. But, yeah. Um, so, and then, other than that, um, trying to remember, did I really do anything else? Outside of fuck your hand up, maybe? Outside of fuck my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Love grilling accidents. Poof, burn. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's actually the first time that's ever happened to me, so it took me by surprise. The um, first time you've gotten burned by your grill? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm you know. Generally, very careful and very good around my grills. I just. Well, no. You grill the brats, not your hand, dude. Right. <laughs> But man, yeah, I, I don't think I really did. Uh, I haven't really done much else except for um, played a little bit more Death Stranding, but not much. I was thinking about picking it up. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really been able to get into, or I, I haven't wanted to get into anything that was super chunky for a game uh, because I've kind of got a timetable right now. Um, so it's, it's a thing. This is going to be, you know, uh, I'm going to be gone from the cast for a couple of weeks cause I'm going to, uh, to visit some family up North. Uh, but, uh, so, and because I'm going to be gone for a period of time, I haven't really started anything that was really deep. Um, I was playing Dyson Sphere program, you know, on the last cast and I was, you know, kind of getting into that. Uh, and 
I uh, <clears throat> I beat the fuck out of that game. Uh, <laughs> that game is that game is definitely you know beaten for sure. I set up a uh, galaxy wide freaking logistics network and I started building multiple Dyson spheres at a time. It was uh, yeah. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm. I think I'm. I'm uh, I think I've gotten the game beat right now. Uh, so. Uh, so I, you know, finally set that one aside. That one's still in early access. They're still doing shit. They're, t- uh, they're saying that they're going to do, uh, combat in that game. Uh, they've already got some of the systems as far as like machine durability and stuff like that built into the game. I'm, I wonder what kind of combat, because I mean, it's, that'll be a thing. Um, Factorio has combat, which was more of like uh, building a factory and tower defense all in one. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Factorio's combat, though. It was more of a nuisance than anything. Uh, so I, I really hope that they don't go that route. Um, I think that being able to go into maybe, you know, new star systems and, you know, you know uh, maybe clear out some, you know, some bad guys while you're in that star system. And then once it's clear, you can build Dyson, Dyson sphere. That would be interesting. <coughs> that would but, be, uh, but out, outside of that, I don't want anything like fucking landing on a, on a base and like randomly destroying shit because that would, that would suck. You know, <laughs> well, um, pre your trip, I found the perfect <laughs> casual game for you. What's that? So Game Pass currently has a game called Kill It With Fire. Oh no, fuck you. I've already seen it and fuck you uh, <laughs> and fuck you and you fucking ass, dude. Kill It With Fire has to do with like fucking like using flamethrowers against spiders and um I'm a you know I don't do good with spiders. I don't even do good with like fucking video game approximations yeah. of spiders. There uh, Yeah, but you could actually take out your fire aggression on them. No. It, it's the perfect simulator for I you. don't care. It's a fucking game about fucking spiders. Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so bad. It's so bad that there's uh, that uh, another fucking factor game that I play, Satisfactory, uh, has an anti, you know, erect, uh, has an arachnophobic mode to it. Uh, You're going to say arachnophobic? Arachnophobic. Uh there's a uh, there's an enemy type in that fucking game that moves and fucking sounds and you know and yeah it's it's a spider without saying that it's a fucking spider like it's it's alien enough that it's it moves like a spider right to me very spider like um, the arachnophobe mode turns those things into <laughs> it turns them into kitten faces. Uh, and instead of having a skittering sound, you can hear them meowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, it's I don't do good. I don't I don't do good. I don't I don't do good with spiders at all. Fuck you. Uh, that's one reason why I don't play I just the fucking. Figured it let you live out your perfect fantasy. You know what my perfect fantasy about spiders is? Never seeing them ever again. That would be perfectly fine. Fucking Justin over here is like, hey, see, you know, look at what my fucking doorbell you know, camera saw. 
And, and I'm like, okay, it's a normal fucking day. And then all of a sudden horror fucking crawls across the fucking, you know, lens. Like the biggest fucking spider. Of course, it's like a fisheye lens. So it's like everything is amplified. But this thing is like it blocks out the sun. Fuck you, dude. I don't ever want to go near your door now. <laughs> I, I understand spiders exist, and they have a place in the ecosystem. There's more spiders than people in the world. But, but, I don't ever want to see them. That is that is it. They can exist. I don't ever want to see them. I, I look around in my fucking apartment every once in a while and be like, there's a cobweb that wasn't there last night. Oh, oh shit. You know what spins cobwebs? <laughs> fuck you guys I don't ever see that spider but he fucking ma- uh, but he leaves me fucking art <laughs> what it comes down to art that I have to take down because it's super not classy to keep fucking cobwebs everywhere but <laughs> that I, I, I'm fuck you for the suggestion fuck you very much um, no instead of playing that game which understandably is indie and maybe a fairly light situation as far as like gameplay is concerned. I have been, uh, I have picked up and have been playing, uh, uh, rogue legacy two, uh, which is also nice. indie and relatively light because the, the runs on that are, you know, a, a long run in rogue legacy two is like a half an hour. Um, but uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is finally in uh, 1.0 stage, so it's finally fully released. Uh, that released uh, a couple days ago, actually, uh, on the 28th. And. Yeah, like Thursday. I am. Uh, so Rogue Legacy 2 is. Uh, it's got more systems than the original Rogue Legacy, of course. Uh, has a couple, you know, as quite a few more classes, uh, different classes. I mean, of course you always start out as a knight and then you, uh, you will get new classes. Uh, some of those include a Ronin, uh, which has a katana for a sword and has a, uh, and each of these have unique mechanics. So there's, um, there's, I'm not even going to be able to fully fucking name all of them, but some of the ones that I like, uh, there's a chef, uh, uh, class, uh, the chef class uses a pan and his special ability is that he can swing the pan. And if he hits an enemy, it will, uh, put a fire dot on the enemy, but his also, uh, his secondary ability is the ab- ability to hit projectiles. So if, so you can reflect, you can reflect shit back at, you know, back at things. And if he hits a projectile, not only does that projectile turn into a fireball that hurts the, uh, hurts enemies, but it also supercharges his pans. So the next hit that he uses, uh, that he connects with the pan is a crit. Uh, and he can, uh, you know, each one of the, uh, uh, the class types has a special ability that it's uh, a trait that, that they can use. Uh, and his trait is, uh, he creates a soup, which will 
give him health and mana. You know, he can, uh, can have three stacks so he can heal himself, essentially. And every time you pick up a health drop, it adds one stack of the soup so that you can heal yourself again. Uh, so it's it's very versatile. There's, you know, I, I thought for sure that, the, you know, that the uh, chef class would be kind of a joke class, but it turns out it's pretty strong. Um, there is... Uh, Barbarian, which uses an axe, and as long as it's on the ground, every hit crits. Um, but if he, uh, if they jump, they do like this spin a fuck uh, spin attack, like a fucking whirlwind attack in the you know in the air that hits multiple fucking times, and it's uh, it's it's pretty strong. But the uh, the axe attacks are relatively slow compared to a bunch of other things. Um, I won't go super duper deep into the you know the classes outside of the fact that some of the classes are really really strong and some of the classes are you know I still have problems with the wizard the the wizard is the wizard is is an interesting class so the wizard actually gains a lot of mana from his normal attack but his normal attack is kind of like a you know, a fireball that explodes and it has a little reticle on the screen and it kind of blow, uh, kind of throws you off because it's one of the only classes that has a, you know, like a reticle on the screen, like where the, you know, where the fireball is going to explode. The thing that you need to remember about the, uh, the, the wizard class is the fireball is not your main source of damage. The fireball is only so that you can get your mana back. You need to have a really good spell to go with it, and, the, uh, and most of the, uh, uh, you know, and that's what you need to do. Is once you get a, a wizard, you need to find the right spell. So it's all RNG based. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously it's all going to be run based. Um, but if you get one that's got a relatively inexpensive versatile style of uh, of spell, normally somewhere in the 50 to 75 mana range, uh, you can fire off a, a fuckload of spells and then, you know, you can get all of your mana back in like two or three hits from your, uh, from your main, you know, main fireball attack. Uh, so that you just keep, you know, spamming spells. If you can land it in the blast zone. Well, uh, if you, no, because... You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to hit it in the blast zone. The fireball that you know that you know between your character and the reticle, anything in that path will still get hit. But if you uh, if you hit an enemy while it's inside the reticle, it'll get hit twice. So you get twice the mana back. Um. So it's it's an interesting class. Each one of those classes plays very differently. Um. And there's more, most definitely there's, uh, there's money runs that you do. So you take a, a, uh, a class that has like a detriment to it, like a, a, tra- a trait that, you know, that ends up giving you uh, a plus percentage to gold. Uh, so you make your runs harder, but you get more gold from those runs so that you can buy more upgrades, uh, for your castle. Um, it's it's in that way it's very similar to uh the original rogue legacy where you uh where you would take 
did, did you know, the old one have pers- did the old one have persistent levels? Uh, there was a way for you to basically use a like no, a I mean, drill down. No, I mean like your overall. Un- it had persistent unlocks, but did it have like like my character's like level thirty or whatever? Well, yeah, no. Uh, so the the leveling system is different. That's uh, that's tied into the mastery. Uh, system like you have more health, more damage overall, etc. So that run continues to get easier, even if you fail, as long as you spend your money. Right. Well, you get experience or you know uh, experience points per uh, per class, and that will unlock perks specific to that class. So, for instance, the knight will end up getting more uh, uh, equipment weight uh, and uh, higher vitality, uh, so more hit points uh, as a uh, as it levels up, and then your overall mastery for all of your classes gives you um, uh, talisman weight, so that you can uh, equip more talismans. So the equipment load, the talisman load, those are new. The XP system is new. Um. Uh, the um. You know everything that has to do with those. So the you know the you know the different um, uh, the different systems and bonuses that you get for those is new, um, which seems like it would give you a whole lot more power. But from what I've from what I could tell, this game is tuned to be just a bit harder than the original uh, Rogue Legacy as far as you know uh, you know the the enemies how you know how hard they hit and you know and uh, some of the challenges, uh, you know, in this game seem like, you know, it, you, you need to progress, uh, in both e- equipment and, you know, building your castle and getting experience for your classes and understanding how the classes work for you to be able to, uh, to succeed in some of the later levels. Um, I seem to be doing fairly okay in the game. You know, uh, game turned on the achievements when it you know hit 1.0, uh, and you know most of the achievements that I've gotten so far, uh, 0.1% of the player base has gotten. So um, I'm four bosses deep. So I've I've beaten four of the areas. I'm I'm working on area number five, uh, and area number five has a another movement gimmick. It's a, a mechanic that you, uh, it reminds me of a couple, uh, levels in, um, uh, hollow Knight, where you have to use like a downward, uh, downward strike to, you know, to be able to per- uh, progress and a series of dashes, like some big wide open areas that you have to, uh, basically platform through. Um, so it's a bit, a bit different than most rogue legacy levels, uh, in the fact that you, you know, that you have to use a completely different skill set to progress. Yeah, you're definitely better at platformers than I am. I still can't get past the first. I got to the first boss once, and I've played for two hours. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> I think I'm like, I don't know, twelve, thirteen hours in. Uh, six bosses deep. Uh, uh, my, that was, I don't know 
what she was barking at, but um, but yeah, um, I can tell you that the bosses are are a, a bit more um, they're a bit more difficult than the you know the original that I remember. Uh, they have uh, multiple phases, so I would yell at you, but you can't hear anything. Um, <laughs> I don't know why she's super excited right now. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the bosses have multiple phases where, uh, you get them to about half health and they'll have a, um, a different attack, pattern. A, a different attack pattern, or they'll become, uh, a bit more aggressive with their attacks. Um, the, um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, a really good game. If you like the first one, you'll definitely like this one. Um, I remember, you know, finally beating the original Rogue Legacy, and that was, you know, I, I felt really good about that. Um, the uh, the level that I'm in, the fifth, you know, fifth area here, I've seen the boss once, and that boss seems like it's going to be a pain in the dick uh, to beat. Um, there's a lot of projectiles in that in that fight, so I'm gonna have to figure out how to how to deal with that. But I think I think the dog is wanting to go outside, so we're gonna take a break. All right, we'll be back. All right. back Ooh. Uh, fucking dog has been pooped yeah i don't know what was going on with her i think she just really had to go outside for some reason she was definitely letting us know that is for sure she's normally fairly quiet um she was feeling some good vibrations she was she was she was feeling something <laughs> um real quick i wanted to get a couple things out of the way before we dove into news um i had a couple um a couple of games that I played. I finished Weird West, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm ready to rate it, so I just want to go through what it is real quick and why I rated it the way I did. So, Weird West is essentially a game that's kind of like Supernatural meets Cowboys that's a top-down, isometric shooter-slash-RPG. Right. Where right. you possess different characters, and then they make persistent choices throughout the West. Now, the actual story or the choices, the mission structure is either shoot this or loot this. So that part's not real deep. The story, though, progresses fairly uh, differently than what I'm used to. The end of each one of the character stories, you have a summary of, like, how many people you've killed so far, how many people you've interacted with, some of the major choices that you made, and kind of like a story so far. Then there's a recap, there's a little cut scene that's done comic book style, kind of goes through what happened. And then you possess the next person and go through their story. Um, the game, the areas themselves um, plays best with the controller. Is a little bit of an auto aim, so that helps you play the twin stick part. Has a lot of influences from Fallout and Divinity Original Sandwich. I know that seems weird. I'm talking about original Fallout One or Two. Okay. Um, but it is a twin stick shooter in that you crouch behind cover and then use your aim button to pop up from behind cover to shoot things. Um, Got a variety of abilities from things like elemental tornadoes to rapid fire to fan in the hammer or silent shot, etc. 
but essentially there are elemental barrels of poison or fire, you know, explosive barrels or etc. or dynamite or ways to shock people, which doesn't make sense in this universe. But essentially you mix and match elements to give yourself an edge over the battlefield and um, your companions are not directly controlled. They control themselves. You don't set like an aggressive or passive or anything like that, like uh, New just, Vegas or whatever. They just go. They just go. But you can switch <clears throat> equipment with them, etc. The The low points of the game is the fact that inventory management's a little bit goofy, and the vendors run out of stock of money, so they'll stop buying things, so you have to find new vendors. And it felt like, I want to say that towards the end of the game, like certain stores just quit buying stuff altogether and I wasn't able to sell them anymore because my pack rat sold all my junk, all my items. And after a certain point, I didn't have to upgrade anything. I was getting the best stuff from stores from selling stuff. You break down weapons for ammunition um, or you sell them, but it's not worth selling a green weapon. It's better to get the ammunition because hoarding 15 guns fills up your inventory pretty quick and they're only 10 bucks a piece. So not a good strategy. Um, but where the game really shines is in the storytelling itself is pretty solid. And the persistence is really solid. And the gameplay itself, though, feels a little bit janky at first. Starts to really get comfy about two or three hours in once you've started getting some of the extra abilities. Uh, once you have a companion and a horse, everything gets a lot better. And uh, felt very satisfied at the end as I had a very overpowered character. Um, you level up by finding these things called nymph relics, which you get so many of them to unlock different points in your tree. You have to do that for every single character, and there's a finite amount of nymph relics in the world. You have these, like, cards, special gold cards that you use to upgrade, upgrade your permanent abilities, which might be max health or faster sneaking or whatever. Okay. Um, but on Game Pass, um, it is... Like I said, pretty satisfying boss fights, pretty satisfying puzzle solving, pretty satisfying. Like, it was just hard enough uh, to keep me challenged. There's a few encounters that were really fucking difficult. But, uh, four out of five. I liked it. Wow. Interesting. It, uh, some jank that I didn't rate it for is on Game Pass, you have to download the icon to your, at least in my case, to download the icon to my desktop and run it as administrator to get it to run. Ah, gotcha. Otherwise, it wouldn't run properly. Wouldn't even launch. Huh. I was able to get it to launch. I didn't have that problem, but... Um, I think I need to reinstall Windows again. I think I probably got some jank-ass settings somewhere. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I, I I know I didn't have a problem. I only played for maybe about an hour and a half. It was I haven't played any more than the last time that we talked about it. Uh but I, I don't remember having any problems running that I can remember. So and there goes the there goes the lamp. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad that the, the the game actually you know you know is is worthwhile. Uh, I'm, I might pay, you know play a little bit more of it when I get back. Yeah, I was looking forward to something new, and I'd started Bloodborne, and I do like Bloodborne, but I was like, I want to play something to talk about on the show that people haven't really played. Right, yes. I was interested in it, so I went ahead and played it and beat it. It took me about close to 30 hours. Okay. Um, Playing a lot of side missions for no reason other than to up my rep, which helped one of my trinkets. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool game. 
another game that I'm playing that I really like that was a surprise hidden gem. I've had it on my wish list forever. Um, I'm going to have to remember what the fuck it's called now. It's a King Arthur game that came out on Steam. King Arthur Knights. Knight, you know, Knights of the Round or some bullshit. Um, I'm gonna, if you can look up the title for me, I'll talk about it. Uh, let's see. King Arthur Knight's Tale? I guess it is Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale, yep. That is exactly it. So that was a it's a turn-based strategy game that was kickstarted, and it was one of those early access titles I was waiting for launch to play, um, to pick up. It was $44. It's worth $44. Wow, okay. Um, it's, it's a very solid game. So, didn't know what to think at first, because I... I ran into a major bug. So when I first started playing it, 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 I thought it was saving. It was not saving. So I get two hours in and think I was saving. Not saving at all. Oh, boy. Windows was protecting the folder that it was trying to save to. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I didn't have notifications set to turn on, like, interrupt me while I was doing anything. Oh, boy. So I have, like, 13 notifications. So I played two different sessions, not realizing it wouldn't save. Like, I restarted, tried playing again. It's like, it'll save this time. No. Nope, didn't. So finally, after wasting six hours of game time, right. I figured out what was going on. I looked through my notification settings, noticed that Windows has protected folder access for the EXE. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You have some weird fucking like administrator level problems there. That's what I'm saying. I might as well just start fresh. Yeah. Well, you... I'm going to lose my game saves. Yeah. That would... I'm just oh, gonna... my God. That would piss me off so much to be like, Fuck, that was a really good gaming session. Fucking, you know, quit. Whoa. Yeah, I gotta figure out where my Elden Ring save is before I do that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that that cloud saves. You might check and see. I don't know if it uh, if it cloud saves or not. Um, I've got a couple games that I definitely need to. Uh, my whole Steam save library. I just need to put on a big thumb drive. Yeah. But anywho. Um, so I started playing that. It's a, it's a tactical game. I like tactical games. You guys know that at this point. Yep. And it is a story where King Arthur and a protagonist, which is you kill each other and you go into like the, uh, undead world of Albion, Avalon, 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 Albion is fable. Maybe. I don't know. Continue. Anyways. So, um, yeah, so that's how it starts off. It starts off with fully rendered cutscenes, like not Blizzard level, but pretty high quality. Um, and there are a few cutscenes, so I want to say three or four uh, within the first act, which I just beat tonight. Um, I've got a, that's about fifteen hours. That is a online game. How? Where did that come from? I have no idea, but it has to it's do with King Arthur, uh, King Arthur, though. Go figure. Wow. My brain just pulling shift off shelves that haven't been accessed in a long time. <laughs> so, anyways, the uh, I don't even remember looking at that. Um, so this game starts you out. It's a turn-based game, right? And you move a single character around named Mordred, and uh, Mordred is King Arthur's mortal enemy. And you have this whole morality thing. So, based on some of the choices you make is the type of characters that you will unlock and the abilities that you unlock. 
Um, and it tracks your morality and shows your decisions that cause shifts in morality. So it'll show a symbol next to it. It's got four directions it can go. You can go oral, old religion, ancient religion, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. Albanese. I don't know. You can go Christian. You can go good alignment or bad alignment, basically. Okay. So those are the four directions. So you basically pick two directions, right? So for whatever reason, um, I picked Christian and good. So this is kind of a first for me. So I decided I was just going to play out what that was. The character I started off with had kind of those alignments. So I was like, and he was really good. So I was like, I'm going to try it out. So it happens, right? All right. So making some pretty awful decisions as a Christian one, uh, burning on a way like whole, burned a whole town. Damn. Um, you have like these events that pop up in the world that you have to solve for. And so those are like, kind of like when you play uh, FTL and you have those decision events. Oh, uh, yeah. You'd have those. Those affect morality, and you pay gold or material, or you send a knight away for a certain amount of time, etc. right? Right. You have a lot of different variables that go into it. And then you have your side missions that pop up, which help you level your characters. And you have your main missions. Um, everything's fully voice acted. There's not a whole lot. I don't know if there's any text you have to read, honestly. I think everything's narrated or voice acted, which is actually pretty cool. Um the uh, it's actually there's a lot of dialogue in this game. Like the cinematics uh, you showed me were pretty, you know, pretty fucking you know sweet. For I want to say there was three or four cinematics in the first act, and I think there's four or five acts. I mean, they were well done, and that took me 15 hours to get through that first act. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the uh, you recruit characters in certain missions, and it'll tell you what to do. You open chests to get items. You're character never looks any different. But you have these sigils that you place on your armor and on your weapons that give it different effects and stats, etc., right? Maybe it's a health leech effect, or maybe it does more damage to undead, or maybe it breaks armor, etc. But it's a tactics game in the much in the same way of like Final Fantasy tactics. But you have skill points, so maybe it's more like Wasteland in that way. Um, you have cover. There's a cover system, right? So you can use cover to Keep yourself cover against ranged attackers or completely separate you from other things. There are area of effect abilities and spells. Um, the uh, There's a lot of mod. There's an injury modifier. So your character can get injured three times before they're... I don't, actually, I don't know how many times they can get injured. Maybe three times is max. But um, there's permadeath for your characters. So out of the characters you recruit... You have two HP bars. You have your vitality and your hit points. So your hit points drain. It doesn't affect vitality. Your vitality drains after your hit points, and that's permanent between missions. Oh, damn. And then your injuries are negative statuses. So think of, like, injuries from, like, Baldur's Gate or Divinity or something like that or Wasteland. Right. Um, Those injuries don't heal unless you put yourself in a certain building in in your castle. So you put them in the cathedral in the castle, that heals either for free over so many turns, or it, it heals if you pay money over one mission, which means that person's completely unavailable. To heal their vitality, you have to throw them in the hospice, which means that um, they're unavailable for however much time it takes to heal the vitality. There are some items you can get that heal vitality between missions regardless, um, and there are permanent unlocks you can use on each character. So there's several different systems. One of those systems is like sigil crafting, which you get dust from certain items in the game. You have 
Um, the permanent unlocks as you do certain things in the world. You can assign four of those unlocks per character. So, like, for example, main character got extra armor, and he gets, like, extra damage versus undead. Um, and he gets uh, something else. I can't remember. But anyways, um, there's all these, like, little mini systems that kind of flow pretty freely between things. And it makes you kind of manage your military, so to speak. You only bring four people with you. Sometimes you bring them with injuries because you don't have enough people. I don't have enough people in my party to really swap out a fresh group every single time. In fact, I just now got another tank. So Mordred has been rocking three injuries, which made him have less action points, 25% chance to miss, um, and loses one extra vitality per hit to his vitality. Damn. So he's been rocking three injuries and then running like a fucking boss through everything still. Um, because of the way that I've been playing. But there's a lot of tactical depth with the stuff. It feels simple at first, but that as you get more abilities and more ways to kind of... I don't know. Once your tool bag gets pretty big, there's a lot of different ideas that start to come out with how you position things and how you use your Overwatch and how you use your movement points. And it's It's very complex, but in an understandable way, and it all makes sense. It all plays very well. Yeah. It's scratching an XCOM itch or a Wasteland itch in a different setting than I'm used to. It's Dark Fantasy. Um, If you are playing on Steam, I will say, um, there is, if you go to guides, there is a colorization thing. Oh, boy. That helps vastly with the color palette. It is a very grayscale game. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But regardless... If you're looking for a tactical itch, like I was, that scratches a Wasteland, Final Fantasy Tactics, um, XCOM-style game, um, then yeah, it's in its completely different setting. Really cool story so far. Like, I'm actually, like, turning podcasts down to just kind of listen to see what's going on, like, really heavily invested in it, which is not normal for me. Well, and, and I would say, if you do play these games, play it on hard. Because you're going to have to manage the injuries, and you have to manage more enemies. I did play it on normal for a second, and it was a little too easy for me. And maybe it was just early levels, but I switched it to hard, and I found the challenge satisfying because I'm having to make use of everything. It's like, one-time use item. Don't hold it in my pouch forever. I'm going to use this because it makes sense. Oh yeah, by the way, I just saved my character's bacon because of the fucking permadeath. There is a roguelike save system that you can use in that game, which will also auto only use your auto-saves. Or your quit saves. So you're forced into any of the choices that you make. Um, oh, damn. I might play a second playthrough with that. But I'm already planning a second playthrough. Like, I don't know why I picked Christian. It was just to align with uh, Sir Keys. I don't know. Dude that has a fucking massive cleave and a fucking... He has a sword slam. He slides, slams his sword into the ground and then it shoots like a column... Like, it does like this column of earth that goes in a straight line that it fucking obliterates armor. So, like, I wanted to... I, I'm glad I actually picked it for him because he has some freaking boss ass abilities. The the melee is really powerful. The tanking is actually turns to get pretty fucking satisfying after a while. Okay. Um, yeah, like I'm doing things like facing bosses or big characters away from everybody so they can backstab. Like I'm just getting into all the, all the nuts and bolts of this game. It's good. Sweet. So, um, with that though, we should move to news. Okay. Jason? Well, um, big, big thing uh, came out last week. Uh, PlayStation announced that they are releasing variable refresh rates to the PS5s. Oh, sweet. So your uh, 
new update on your PS5 actually unlocks variable refresh rate. Um, so for so like you f- will be able to play some games at higher than 60 frames a second. Um, currently, uh, big games that have this unlocked are uh, Call of Duty Vanguard and Black Ops Cold War, Destiny 2, Devil Jeez. May Cry 5, Dirt 5, uh, both Spider-Man games, uh, the remastered on the first one course because it's ps5 uh ratchet and clank rift apart uh resident evil village tiny tina's wonderlands uh rainbow six siege and tribes of midgard okay um with more with more plan to come but this is um they didn't confirm it but i watched uh um several tech YouTubers over over last week um, uh, say they've uh, uh, after analyzing some of these titles, they've got to be using um, uh, FreeSync right. uh, to do a lot of it. So, um, so I guess PS5 now has variable refresh rate and FreeSync support. Well, so, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's something that they said that they were going to enable on, you know, on the PS5s, or it was going to be a feature of the PS5s, considering the, uh, uh, the graphics processing for them, uh, you know, and we've just been kind of waiting for the implementation for it. So it sounds like they're starting to roll it out. And it's going to be big for, you know, for games that were, you know, that had, lower refresh you know your uh lower lower frame rates um like the uh i mean there, uh, you, you said one uh there's a big difference between playing destiny on a console and playing destiny on pc uh the you know the frame rates on pc are just like butter smooth uh you play it on console and it's you know and it's locked to a lower fra- uh lower frame rate um so having a variable refresh rate, you know, giving, you know, players an option for a uh, higher refresh rate on, you know, on those and getting higher frame rates is going to, you know, it's going to be a big difference. Um, it gives, uh, it gives this, uh, the next gen consoles just a little bit more, um, flexibility when it comes to, uh, how it's being displayed and you can, you've seen that before on, you know, on the, uh, performance versus, um, uh, what was it? Is it performance and quality? I think it is, uh, you know, on the settings, I noticed that on the, you know, on like the, the, the demon souls, um, remake. Um, <clears throat> I, I played on, you know, performance mode because you get a better, uh, uh, better refresh rate. I don't care about the, the visual quality of it. If it runs at freaking like, you know, dumb frames per second, um, I mean, it's not going to feel nearly as, uh, you know, nearly as good as a higher refresh rate. So it's cool to see that that's being a thing. <clears throat> yeah. Get, get it in our hands, man. Right. <laughs> Um, other than that, there was a, of course, 
PAX East was last week. Um, not really delved into it much. Justin and I uh, will delve into it more this week. It was a uh, really good showing for for a lot of indie games. Of course, the the biggest thing coming out of it was Evil West. Um, so we will dig into that and give you all more on that next week. Yeah, it was just more indies than anything else, and there's so many of them that me and Jason decided to do more of that on the next episode. Sweet. There was uh, there was a couple things. Um, so uh, the it, it looks like the Blizzard acquisition is going to go through. Uh, they've kind of voted to uh, proceed further, uh, you know, on the uh, on the Blizzard side with the, uh, the the Microsoft acquisition. So that is interesting to see where that's going to go. Um, of course, uh, this is kind of coming off of the heels of uh, you know of reports from uh, from Blizzard saying that they lost 60 million subscriptions over the uh, over the course of the the last year or so uh, so their 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 latest earnings report isn't you know isn't doing too great <laughs> uh, that is a lot of number uh, you know and that's probably from you know the biggest you know, biggest indication of the uh, the Blizzard exodus uh, that happened from all the shit that you know that went down. Um, uh, of course, that and the um, the the latest WoW expansions not being as popular as they believed. Um, I know at least one person that's playing. I know, I know. There's at least some people that are diehard players of of, of a game that does not. You respect your time in any way, shape, or form. Um, the uh, <laughs> could be playing the best game in the last five years, like Elden Ring. No, went back to World of Warcraft. No, uh, you could play a vastly superior story-based game uh, in in Final Fantasy fourteen, but uh, you know can't get get over the fact that there's uh, cat ears. Um, I don't want to play an MMO um, anymore. Final Fantasy fourteen is more of a single uh, single player game. In fact, a lot of the you know a lot of the changes that they're uh, that the they've been doing. The movies don't respect my time. I don't have any. I don't. If I can't skip or pause a cutscene, I can't play something like that. That's going to take an hour cutscene. Okay, so so that's actually been changed. There's not playing it. The so the uh, uh, so the biggest pain point that most Final Fantasy players had said was that there is two big uh, events fairly early on in the first act of the story uh, where, or, you know, the, the main expansion of the story, uh, the main game, basically the base game uh, that couldn't be skipped and took 45 minutes to get through. Um, that's been changed. So now those, uh, those are ve- uh, very much streamlined. Uh, that was changed in the most recent patch. Uh, so there are less than 45 minutes. It's only four players versus having eight players. And all of the cutscenes are 
individual and skippable. So you can now skip through them if you if you've seen them before or or doing the you know thing. Keep your cat boy. Look, I'm going to keep my cat boy. And when I come back from uh, from vacation, I'm going to be playing that because the uh, the most uh, most recent update has done some really really fucking impressive things. So uh, yeah, well, um, to speak of things that'll be coming out new about the time close to when you get back, um, Diablo Immortals coming to mobile slash PC. So I heard about that. This is this is the same game that's like uh, when they when they said, "Don't you have phones?" Uh, or some bullshit. And we it made was, fun of them. Uh, I, uh, like, literally the entire world made fun of them for that. Um, what do you mean? You don't have phones? Uh, yeah, dude. It's not the fact that we don't have phones. We well, don't play the fucking game on PC. Well, they're, uh, the the um, information that had been released is that they uh, just kind of looked at it, and they're like, well, those people who... Uh, wanted to play it on PC or probably just going to emulate it on PC anyway, because you know, things like that exist. So why don't we just co-develop it for mobile and PC and make it cross play? Uh, it's actually not a bad idea. So they, uh, so they're working on getting the, uh, the cross play f- feature going. So, uh, so Diablo immortal will be, you know, cross play, PC versus mobile, uh, PC and mobile. Um, there's some systems in there that looked very mobile-esque uh, as far as like the control scheme. Uh, so I'd be interested to see how they work that out. Um, actually, they said you could play with the keyboard and mouse. Right. You know, and they're kind of developing it that way. But the original, uh, the original stuff that they released were um, had buttons on screen for your abilities. Yeah, so. it's set to take place between two and three. Yeah, that's well, what they said. So I'm just curious to see what it looks like and how it plays, and if there's a pay version of that game. I am not looking forward to literally anything Blizzard anymore. Um, uh, I have seen stuff from Overwatch Two, um, and uh. What I have seen so far has not been great. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, I was watching I was watching somebody play an Overwatch Two match, and it was using one of the maps from the original Overwatch game. And mind you, I only played Overwatch like fucking fucking years ago, like years ago. Um, but I remembered the map and. Uh, there was a side by side, and it was very little different. Like, it's the same exact map, and I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't tell the difference between Overwatch and Overwatch Two. Uh, and that's just one, you know, one match, one map. I was like four minutes of my day, and I was, I was like, I'm not impressed. Um, I can't really tell you what the difference is between the two. Uh, you know, of course I haven't really looked super hard into it. I mean, somebody's I'm sure has gone through and just did the nitty gritty on it, but iterating the name does not, you know, and if, and if you're not making any changes to things, uh, why, why are we playing this? (laughs) You know, why are people picking this up? So I, I don't know. I'll have to look into it a little bit harder. 
Uh, not that I'll ever play it because Overwatch is definitely not my game. Um, there was it's not not even not even close. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Blizzard really hasn't been doing very great. Uh, you know, as far as uh, releases are concerned, the only thing that might be a saving grace for uh, for Blizzard might be their upcoming expansion for WoW. Uh, you know, Dragonflight. Depending on if, if they do, you know, implement that in such a way that people, you know, resubscribe to the game or uh, Diablo 4, which, you know, needs to come out sometime sooner rather than later because Blizzard's starting to fall by the wayside uh, and, you know, Microsoft's not going to put up with a bunch of failures. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you yeah. know. Did you guys have anything else to talk about for now? Mm. I don't. I don't know what the mm. fuck they're thinking about mm. with uh, uh, Call of Duty. You see the 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 um, most recent naming for their most recent Call of Duty game. Can you guess Modern what it is? Modern Warfare Two. Modern Warfare Two. MW Two is coming back. But it's not the same MW2 that we remember. It's about no, because they're working off of the reboot they released two years ago. Right? Why are they using the same names? Why? <laughs> because it's an unoriginal and lifeless game. It's uh, you, you're, you know, you're every, not wrong. Anytime you know, I don't. I've been trying to get away from being a gatekeeper about a lot of things, but that is the one dude bro thing about gaming that I'm just not buying. What well, you know, this uh, like every the Call year, of Duty uh, every year there's annual a new franchise yeah. that redoes the same thing with a few changes, and some people really like it. That's great, but there's a whole lot of other games. We used to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't things like it back then, and now this is just an annualized copy paste. I think we fell off of it right around Advanced Warfare hap- when Advanced Warfare about happened. About ten years ago, you guys kind of really yeah. fell off. Really, it's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. You guys haven't really actively played Call of Duty in any capacity since maybe a year or so after starting the show. That's impressive, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of glad to. Uh, uh, I'm 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 kind of proud of that statistic because <laughs> because uh, that it really is kind of like the um, it's kind of like the pothole of gaming. It really is. It's it's ever present, and nobody really finds it f- fucking worthwhile. And you just want, and it's, and it's only, it's only there to, you know, be a speed bump for the rest of the fucking universe. Uh, cause you go into it and you're, uh, you get your fun out of it and then you fucking move on. Um, some people, that's all they like to play is, uh, some people live in the speed bump, man. It's, <laughs> I mean, I never really did, you know, I had fun when I played it, but that, you know, but my fun was, you know, Playing with people, like it playing is, with people I know. Call of Duty is to video games is what Imagine Dragons is to music. Damn, there are people out there that like that shit. I'm just saying, it's like if you don't if you sense. don't have any any 
it is what McDonald's is to hamburgers. Consistent. Okay. Brought a pill. Fairly accessible. Literally everywhere. But nobody would, you know, but if somebody was given, you know, a gourmet burger versus a, you know, uh, uh, versus a McDonald's burger, they would take the gourmet burger every time. Yeah, it's it's like comparing Imagine Dragons to Soundgarden. Like, there's no fucking comparison. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. The Big Mac versus I mean, a steak I burger. I can't really get mad at you for that. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah. You guys I mean, started off with Imagine Dragons and you just started playing other video games. And you realize that Call of Duty lost its appeal. Well, no. <laughs> so... I played. I started playing Call of Duty because somebody, somebody, you guys were playing also, together. Also, you know, virtually you, around this fucking table, go, you, basically said, "You got to play something other than it's, WoW." It's like, let's just say you live in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, and the only band that comes through town is Justin Bieber, and you've never been to a concert, and that's the only concert you can go to. So you just go and see the Beeb. And then the Beeb comes through every single year, and that's the only opportunity you have. It's either the Beeb or it's like a high school musical. And so you're like, you know what? I'm going to choose the Beeb. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a real band comes through. And then a whole bunch of real bands start making pit stops. And then you decide you're going to travel like at least an hour to go see real shows. You're like, what the fuck would I ever see in Justin Bieber? <laughs> God damn. Okay. There's right. the edge lord coming out. There, 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 there it is. <laughs> but I don't feel like it's an edge lord statement because it's. I feel like there's a lot of truth to saying like, you can get stuck in that pothole. There's a whole lot of other shooters that are just as fun that have more different settings. Like if you really want to get and feel like you're a a future soldier, go play fucking airsoft. Yeah. Then, then you'll realize exactly how bad you are. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand. The thing is, I, I, I don't, mean, I don't see, the, I don't see where the uh, where the appeal is anymore uh, with with any of those games. It's lost me. Well, it's where all the it's where all the sh- shitty reputation that most gamers get are from fucking. Teenage kids spouting off whatever because they have no sense of tact, right? right? All the racist, homophobic bullshit that's said on the internet from fucking first-person shooter teenage players and early 20-year-olds. Yeah, but Call of Duty wasn't the first, so... I know. It's just... It, it is the most likely of video games. It is uh, a hive of scum and villainy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, we, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's about it. <laughs> well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com/tiltcast. Our YouTube channels: YouTube.com/realtiltcast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net. You got Picking Up the Pixels or Pupcast. You got BMFCast.com. 
NoQuarters.net and TVGP.TV. And if you follow Boston on Twitter, you will find lots of things out about Destiny as well as a wiki. And with that, see you in the show. All right. Peace.